Hello and welcome to what is it? It's the Album Nerds Podcast. All you tons and tons of listeners. I'm Dude. And this is Andy. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good. Excited. This should be this should be a good one. So we're just a couple of fellas. We love music. Been friends for a long time. I've said this many times. <laughs> This is an opportunity for us to discuss some things we're thinking about music-wise or listening to, recommendations, and we uh, record the whole thing and throw it on the internet and uh, hope that we entertain, educate, and satisfy. So what are we doing today, Andy? (laughs) You always satisfy me, buddy. Awkward. (laughs) Even from a distance. Yes. Just like Bette Midler. <laughs> okay. Uh, today, we have a couple album recommendations. Um, a record from earlier this year and a record from the end of last year. Both uh, both rock records, so that's kind of exciting. And then we're going to talk about super groups. Super groups? Yes, the super. That sounds of super. The super. Yes. Can I have a little discussion duper. on uh, some of our favorite huh? groups? And, huh? uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know you got a lot to say about the super groups. I'm just so. interrupting you for fun. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> I, sometimes in post, I try and edit out the moments when I cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I feel like I'm always cutting you off, but. Regardless. I clean those up too, <laughs> as best I can. Good, good. We clean up this. That's all right. Thing. We'll get we'll get the rhythm down eventually. Maybe by show fifty. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's get into some of these uh, recommendations we got here, man. Let's do it. Do it. Me? What's uh, What's your pick, man? Yeah, you. Okay. Um, I went with a British band. Their name is Vant. Um, I hadn't heard of them. They haven't been around too long, and their first full-length uh, album came out this year. I don't have an exact date, but it was maybe a week or two ago. And, um, oh, my spreadsheet. I'm on the wrong show. Okay, <laughs> so... No, we're talking about Vant. You're right. They're a modernized punk band kind of alternative rock they sound very early 90s to me the fella does have the lead singer uh maddie vant or vant i'm not sure i'm not british uh, has long hair so a plus <laughs> he's okay in your book yeah. <laughs> um it's got a particularly heavy punk influence lyrically uh fast tempo songs and it just it's you know um about real stuff it's young people singing about war problems uh in politics in world affairs uh even some stuff about environment but not in a i mean it's in a delivered in a nice rock and roll way so I did enjoy that. Um, I liked it immediately, and I shared it with you. What did you think on the first listen? 
Yeah, it was, yeah, you weren't even like halfway through, and you were like, "Man, you gotta listen to this." <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be uh, something we need to talk about. Yeah, it's immediately enjoyable. It's um, so I really like the first track, the answer. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I think it kind of sets the stage nicely for what you're gonna hear in the rest of the record. Yeah, it's um, got a unusually long intro. Yeah. Okay. I'll, can we talk about that real quick? So yeah. there's a couple of songs on here that are a little more instrumental than the rest. Most of them are like your punk, you know, two or three minute length song, right? Mm-hmm. But the ones that they actually kind of develop and, you know, play through some uh, musical progressions and I think are the strongest, at least in my, in my perspective. Um, so like the first track, the answer, and then there's a track like three quarters of the way through, are we free? That's like seven or eight minutes and just kind of stands mm-hmm. out from the rest of the record. I really enjoyed those. Um, they felt a little more, I don't know, genuine, I guess. Cause the rest of the record is so polished and um, felt a little packaged to me, I guess, especially for a punk record. It didn't to me. It felt, I thought it sounded pretty stripped down. Really? Um I think just because of the simplicity of a lot of it and the quick delivery and I was hearing tones of Queens of the Stone Age and Nirvana and all yeah. this different sort of bits and pieces here and there and I like the singing and I like the quick sort of banter in the song so I thought it felt genuine all the way through. I do really like the developed songs because it tells me that there's more here, that these guys are capable of having, you know, the next album could be much more developed in terms Mm -hmm. of the songwriting, but I, from start to finish, I I can't think of a song I don't like. Shall we play a little bit of the answer? Let's. Okay. Let's see where we come in here. So it's nice to hear guitar music again. I, I don't know if it's going to be on the radio or our MTV, I guess, doesn't exist anymore. So I don't really know how this would get delivered to the masses. But what do you think the chances are of this taking off? I think it could be really pop. Well, like you said, so um, the audience is so divided and split in little segments nowadays. But it does feel like the type of thing that you would hear on the radio. I hope so. That'd be, I, I think young people would be interested because of the lyrical content. I think what the world needs now is that, like in the early 90s, there was that activism in the air, kind of copying right. the hippies. Sure. But being a part of something bigger, and when music is part of that, it's not just entertainment, it draws people out. So I... I would like to see this trend continue. Yeah, yeah. The review I was reading compared them to Raise Against the Machine, 
before I even heard them, I was like, okay, cool. This is, and like everything, all the song names are in all uppercase, right? And yep. the kind of the appearance of the record is very like in your face. So I was really expecting a lot of aggression, but like that song we just heard, you know, it's upbeat, but it's not like really angry. Would you yeah, say? there's no rippers on here. Although the the dude can can do the scream, and you hear some of it in a couple of the tracks. But yeah, right. this is not like a. It doesn't feel angry. It feels more disappointed and annoyed in what's happening. Yeah, annoyed's a good word. Yeah, kind totally. of more of a hey, wake the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to fix some of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, should we listen to a little bit of Karma Seeker? Yeah, that's a good, good track. Yeah, that felt like 1994 to me. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's like, you know, radio pumping and windows down in the car kind of music. Yeah. Um, I've done it even though it's pretty cold here. <laughs> and I'm a old man, but right. every once in a while, if I'm coming home from picking up food or whatever, my wife knows I'm home because she can hear my music from outside when I pull up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so A plus, A minus. I think it was a great record. I hopefully will continue listening throughout the upcoming years, and hopefully these guys will stick around and make some more good stuff. What do you think? I think they have a lot of potential. Um, I'd be surprised if this is their best record. So looking forward to the next couple of ones. The album is Dumb Blood. The band is Vant. Check it out. So what's nice. next, man? Good pick. Um, so Thanks. I also have a rock record. Uh, a little more hardcore, a little more metal um, from a Pennsylvania, I guess they're a metalcore group as much as I hate that term. That's technically what they are. Uh, the name of the group is Zao or Zao. I've, I've got a lot of different opinions on how to pronounce it on the internet, but I get Zao. <laughs> Z-A-O. 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 Uh, Zao. <laughs> just, oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, when I hear Zao, yeah, years ago, back when um, Kevin Federline was a thing, remember that guy? <laughs> K Fed, yeah. He had a single called Popo Zao that oh, was. No <laughs> oh, God. It was supposed to be like influenced by Brazilian beats or something, and it was just like Popo Zao, Popo Zao. Oh wow. Um, it haunts me still. <laughs> well, I imagine this sounds a lot different. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they put out a record. They've been around since 1993. Um, they put out a record, though, after like a seven-year hiatus at the end of 2016 called The Well-Intentioned Virus. It's um, been pretty well received. So this group, like I said, it's been around for a while. There's been lots of different iterations Lots of lineup changes. 
originally they were kind of labeled as a Christian Christian rock band, hmm. which <laughs> surprised me when I heard it. But I guess some of the early members were were pretty devout Christians. Um, so they've all since left, and now they're more of just like a straight, straight ahead um, metalcore group. Um, the reason I like this record, so I mean, I listen to a lot of metal, but I don't think a lot of it. I don't enjoy a lot of it, but this one really stuck out. It's got a lot of different musical qualities to it. Like um, there's a lot of different bands I hear in this music um, that I really love. Like Mastodon, I think is definitely, especially in the beginning of this record, sounds a little bit like it's kind of early Mastodon. Um, Fear Factory, kind of like the more industrial side, um, with how quick some of these songs are. And then Dillinger Escape Plan, I think is definitely um, the guitar work sounds similar to them at times. So, I don't know, you want to just jump in and play the uh, the opening cut here, man? Give a taste of what this what this is. This is The Weeping Vessel? Yep, The Weeping Vessel. The Weeping Vessel, folks. Perhaps they should change the name of that to the Bleeding Windpipe. <laughs> that sounds painful. I know, right? This guy's been singing in the group since 1998. He doesn't look young. And I watched the performance from playing last summer. <laughs> That's amazing. These guys are still still doing this after so long. You know, being like our age, it's incredible. I tried to keep the volume down a little bit more on that so as not to scorch yeah. anybody's ear hair. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So what are what are your thoughts on this record, man? You know I claim to love metal. Yeah. But everything you suggest is the rip it, scream it stuff, and I can't connect if I can't understand the words if it's one level of like I we've talked about this before, where it's just kick you in the nuts. 50 minutes <laughs> I need you know and I've, found, I've been trying to find hard rock and metal stuff to listen to that's new and in the in the day you'd have some scorchers and then you'd have a ballad or a slowed down thing I'm not saying I want to hear more than words but I want to go on a bit of a journey not just be getting pummeled in the nether regions yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm too old like for it. this shit. Yeah, I I definitely hear you. There's like um, definitely a few tracks on this that feel maybe are just a little too consistent all the way through. But there's a handful on here I think have nice moments where they kind of break down and have some nice harmonies and well, kind of change it up the pace on a little taste. bit. It, if you like this kind of stuff, just on the I like this sound then you're gonna listen to the whole thing with an open mind when you start off and it's like and that's all you hear I it's hard for me to give it a chance because it all just sounds like that to me 
you know, because that's what I have decided. Sure. So, you know? <laughs> Prejudged. Uh, well, kind of, opinion. yeah. <laughs> yeah, just as like, okay, this is one of those, and I'll listen to it all the way through, and I'll uh, heal. My ears will heal, and then <laughs> we'll have a conversation. Yeah, I can't I, speak to the talent or if this is good or not because, like I said, I think it's uh, closed-mindedness on my part, so I apologize. Right. It's okay, man. I I feel that way about a lot of metal records. They all just sound the same all the way through, but that's why this one kind of stuck out to me that it, it did kind of have more variety um, to the songwriting. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the album... There's no Christian um, connotations that I could pick up on. It seems to mostly be about the you know kind of typical metal stuff, you know, death and how shitty humanity is and <laughs> the kind of things you expect. Yeah. But you can't really make out the lyrics for the most part anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's more about the sound and mm-hmm. the aggression. Um. I've never seen them live, but I imagine this would be a pretty a pretty cool group to check out. Yeah. So I think I'd be more to... interested. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, what are you saying? I was just gonna say I'd be more interested in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> the types the of band. people who go to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. That's always fun. definitely. Yeah. Want so me to play. I... Observed. Yeah. Yeah. Observed. Observer. Kind of give you a little bit. Of feel the the range that they're going for on this record. I would have liked to have heard more of the Fireburns style. The clean singing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it works really well when they do it, but it's not super frequent. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just going to add in that uh, they self-released this record on their, their own label, which I think is always cool when a band can do that. So props to them for uh, making it happen and still doing it. You know, after all these years, it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, like I said, it's it's a taste thing. And um, for those that like the screaming, definitely check it out. I mean, I didn't dislike it, per se. just won't make it into the rotation. Not for everybody, for sure. Yeah. But I think it's worth checking out if you can if you can tolerate that, for sure. No, it's fun. I mean, that's that's metal, man. Yep. I just need my power ballad to <laughs> have a little rest time. Right. <laughs> so throw a power ballad in and I'm all set. <laughs> well, that's a good transition into our, uh, our next topic here. Yes. So, super groups. 
So what do you think of when you hear the term supergroup? You know, honestly, the first thing I think of is, um, I don't know. It's it's a mixed it's a mixed topic. So there's good things about a supergroup. It sounds like it should be good, but you know, there's a lot of motivations that go into forming a supergroup that maybe aren't in the listener's best interest. Get a lot of big egos and a lot of uh, a lot of money and. Yeah, I mean, I think things have changed a little bit. So a supergroup is basically a music group whose members have already had successful, some success in a band or as a solo artist, and then mm-hmm. they get together to make a new band. Um, this has been happening since the 60s, at least. I mean, I don't know what happened in other genres before that, but for rock and roll's sake, Cream, I think, would be considered one of the first and that was Eric Clapton and Ginger Baker and who was the other guy? <laughs> Do you know? Uh, I was going to say Ginger Baker but uh, I can find out real quick. I don't know off the top of my head now. Oh, Andy. Do you know? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed you would know. Um, I should. Jack Bruce. Oh, there you go. So Eric Clapton was from the Yardbirds. Ginger Baker was from the Graham Bond organization. Crickets. And Jack Bruce was from (laughs) Manford Mann. Um, And they had their own sound. And Eric Clapton, though, was in everything back then. But then I feel like there was a lot more motivation around artistry and around uh, the chance to go play live or to create new songs, mess with all the new sounds that were happening with electric guitars and people were starting to use synthesizers to some degree. So I think it was a, the rock music was changing and growing so much that bands like that, Crosby, Stills and Nash supergroup, Guys mm-hmm. from previous known bands like the Birds and um, I can't think of the other ones, but I think it was a uh, around creativity, meeting up with these dudes like you're playing some show and you meet guys from another band. It's like oh, we should jam together. What that's kind of my impression of the early days of the supergroup. What do you think? As we've dug into this a little. Um, it just in general, or what do you like reasons? <laughs> because now there are supergroups, and like Velvet Revolver comes to mind, Audio mm-hmm. Slave. Like, what were the motivations? Has that changed? Have supergroups become a a chance to try and grab some dough by taking, oh, there's no Guns N' Roses anymore, so those fans aren't being, oh, there was, but we were waiting for Chinese democracy for like a decade. (laughs) And Stone Temple Pilots had kind of petered out at that point. So when that came together, I was like, oh, I got to check this out. I got to know what this sounds like. I love Guns N' Roses. I love Stone Temple Pilots. And was that, 
about trying to recapture those audiences? Was it truly to create? I mean, why do you think these form? Well, I think it depends a lot on, like you said, the motivation behind why they, how they came into being. Like, you know, I think of like Hollywood making another superhero movie because they know there's an audience that already exists for that, right? So it's it's money in the bag as long as they don't fuck it up. So part of it definitely feels like that, where you just have these names that you're familiar with and people will buy tickets and buy records because they recognize the name. But then there are groups that I think are more just about getting you know talented people together and who just happen to be popular. Um, I I know like um, I'm a big fan of Mike Patton and he does a lot of this where he just gets kind of friends from other bands together yeah. and they just you know happen to record a a record or two and then it turns into a super group just because they're he has lots of friends who are famous musicians so and Mike Patton is for the people out there Faith uh, No More well, yeah Faith No More Mr. Bungle is probably what he's most well known for but then I mean he made up in the 2000s here a couple super groups uh, Tomahawk and Phantom Moss and yeah. played them pretty regularly and I think they're both uh, really interesting groups um yeah, and I think it's when you can't, uh, if you can't deliver to your fans because your band is on hiatus or broken up or whatever and you feel like doing something more, mm -hmm. um, I love that. It's just so many times it's a one-off, like Mad Season, which was Lane Staley from Alice in Chains, uh, a couple of dudes whose names I can't recall, which is okay. But Mike McCready from Pearl Jam, those were kind of the big the big members. And there was an interesting kind of almost jazz influenced in some way, at least to my ear. Uh, yeah, a couple of guys from Screaming Trees and the Walkabouts as well. But that was so more that... of a side project, right? Okay, right. Was that happening at the same time that all those groups were becoming popular, or was that yeah, after yeah? The this fact? was like nineteen ninety five. Okay, so it was a little after their peak then. Well, yeah, they that. were all well established. They were still platinum selling bands. Yeah, um, it was just like, and I believe, if I remember correctly, from the time those fellas all met, due to not rehab necessarily, but dealing with recovery from various mm. <laughs> addictions and habits yeah. and stuff. So the burdens of rock and roll. Um, but then there's like Crosby, Stills and Nash that the bands they were in previously are not who they're defined as. They're Crosby, Stills, Nash. And I think that's really kind of the, peak of of what can happen but I don't think it's happened very often where the sum of the parts that become the whole and then that's them forever. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, we put together a list of about you know a dozen or so super groups here and that was really the only one that we both recognize as being like the definitive version of those artists. Most of them are kind of just uh, like you said one-offs or 
short-lived projects. Um, what do you think of Velvet Revolver? So that was... I was torn there. I liked... Well, I really wanted to like them. Right. Like, really bad. Yeah. So I listened to the first album over and over and over and over and over and convinced myself I really loved it. And there's some really good songs on there. But as the years have gone on, I don't really come back to it. When I do, I'm not really into it. You know? I, I totally agree. I, I felt the same way. I wanted to like it, but didn't quite get there. It didn't have the magic of either group. It, I don't know. It just didn't... They didn't become greater than what they had done before. Yeah. Um, the second album, Libertad, I think it was called. I, I really didn't enjoy it at the time. Right. Um, Audio Slave is another example. They had three albums. Chris Cornell and the guys from Rage Against the Machine. I don't think most people know they had three. I didn't know about the third one until you told me about it like a few months ago. <laughs> and I they all came the first out. Record. It was great. Yeah, they came out within a couple of years of each other. I think the second and third were only a year apart. Um, yeah, really. And the second and third were okay, but they never, like the first one was good. And I thought, yeah, this could go somewhere. And then it felt like they just played it safe and it didn't develop into, I thought it was going to be a chance for Chris Cornell to go really heavy. Mm. But I don't think he wants to. I think he wants to be more melodic. Yeah. So Definitely that trend. Yeah, I thought it was going to be, oh, we're going to hear him scream his head off again like he used to. And mm-hmm. then he went back to the solo thing and uh, yeah, reunion. Well, that's that's kind of the tough thing with all these, you know, artists who are by de- by nature so creative and like trying new things. So expect them to stay in a certain sound together for for more than a year or two is you know, it doesn't happen very often yeah it's not fair it's yeah. fans wanting things to stay sure. the same <laughs> of course like me <laughs> yep yeah, me too you know one recent example of a super group art of anarchy they um they had scott wyland Apparently he they it was a contract or something so he recorded some vocals for them wrote some melodies did a couple promotional videos and then moved on to his solo stuff this was shortly before he passed and Art of Anarchy was like we're releasing this new album and Scott Weiland's our singer and he's like no I'm not <laughs> I, they just <laughs> right. contracted me I'm not a part of that band <laughs> And um, they released the album anyway. He passed shortly thereafter. I read that they were giving away free downloads of it um, to honor him, which I thought was nice. That's cool. But it was, it just didn't feel natural, you know, and and I I didn't hate it or anything, but again, it didn't make me, uh, I'm always like, oh, I want it to sound like he did on, um, core. I want to hear that Scott Weiland, and it wasn't. And that's okay, but it was that fan 
in me wanting it to be a certain way. And so sure. anyway, sure. they moved on. They found a new singer. Did I tell you this? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. They've it got was... a new album. Scott Stapp of Creed. So oh they're still a God. super group. Ah! There's your Christian rock. <laughs> that poor guy. What uh, a what an ups and downs for him. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I guess in summation, supergroups are fun to talk about and it's great when they come together when fans are missing their guys or gals from bands that are defunct or not active, but for the most part, they don't quench the thirst. At least that's been my experience. <laughs> I think that's well put. That but, seems like a good idea, but doesn't always deliver. Yeah, I mean, and it's always... It makes me happy, and then I don't end up having it be a part of my regular listening life. Yeah. And... Maybe it's because of my unreasonable expectations. So what I'd like to know from all the people out there listening, who are some super, I mean, there's tons of them we didn't mention. Who are some groups that formed from other groups that made really interesting projects? Uh, we'd love to know. We'd love to listen to them and maybe talk about them at some point on the show. Yeah, definitely leave us a comment on the website or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to uh, know what supergroups you've been listening to. Yeah, because uh, like I said, there's more than we mentioned. I mean, we didn't mention the Traveling Willberries, who are interesting, but we won't get into them today. It's just a great name. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But that's like Tom Petty and Roy Orbison and George Harrison and uh, Bob Dylan. I mean, and wow. one other guy. And that's just crazy. So, anything to say more about Supa? Grupa? Uh, I was just going to give a shout out to, I guess, probably like one of my favorite supergroups that's a little lesser known. It was uh, around like the late 90s, this group called Oysterhead. They put out a great record. It was uh, Les Claypool from Primus, Trey Anastasio from Fish, and Stuart Copeland from The Police. Got a really unique sound. You know, like very different types of background musically. And I think that's one of those rare times that they all came together and fit the niche. Kind of all filled in their own little niche of the sound, and it worked really well. So if you haven't heard that, that record, uh, Oysterhead, that's a good one. To, good one to check out. Word. But yeah. Okay, so. Supergroups. Supergroups. <laughs> supergroups. That's right. Supergroups. Okay, <laughs> so I guess we're done, right? Yeah, let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. But before we wrap it. I had to use some sound effects. <laughs> this episode has been powered by the great tea at makerstea.com. Use coupon code ALBUMNERDS for 20% off your next order. Maker's Tea. Making great tea easy at makerstea.com. Loose leaf, delicious, healthy, energy-giving, life-giving. Check them out. <laughs> so, check us out on our website, albumnerds.com. 
You'll find playlists. You'll find podcasts. And you can find our podcast elsewhere. Andy, fill them in. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. It's also on the website. As you said, albumnerds.com. That's albumnerds with an A. That's right. And we're also on Twitter and symbol at albumnerds. Whoa, you just blew my mind with all the locations. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, everybody, that's enough of this malarkey. Y'all have a great week. (laughs) (laughs) Check us out. Tell us what you're listening to. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. And we appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening to the Album Nerds Podcast. Yeah, catch you next time. Bye. Bye.